So today we're looking at Sicha Saran 86, Peivav. Be'ezrus Hashem, this Sicha is relevant on many levels. It's relevant to some of us, Be'ezrus Hashem, in the context of going to chasanas, going to weddings. It is specifically relevant to some of those who are on the group joining us now live or are going to be, but as just Hashem listening to this, who are actually going to be having their own chasanas very soon. So mazel tov to everybody who finds himself in that wondrous category. And Be'ezrus Hashem to those who are awaiting their zivug. That's going to be also Bekar of Mamish. Um, Be'ezrus Hashem, we should all be by all of each other's simchas along with all of Am Yisrael and the whole world um, in Yerushalayim. But it's, I would say more fundamentally um, and universally applicable because this sicha, as we're going to see, which is all about weddings, is really not about weddings at all. Or more accurately stated, this sicha about weddings is a sicha about the essence of what it is to be a Jew, is the sicha about the essence of reality, which is really what weddings are all about. And I want to just take a minute to explain what I mean before we jump into the actual sicha. All b'siyat ha'deshmai with the help of a Kodesh Baruch Hu and with a tremendous amount of gratitude to all of you for being here and for, uh, for taking the time to learn with me. Sometimes when we refer to symbolism, we think about things within our created world which we would consider to be reality. And we will suggest that if there is a deeper level of reality, we can look at certain things within our world and assume that this or that object or concept or person or place or time is symbolic of a deeper concept, a deeper element within reality, something that goes beyond what the actual object or item is. This is one form of spiritual depth, where we look at certain elements within creation and we can point to this and say, this is a symbol for a very profound idea, a very profound experience. This symbolizes something more ethereal, either on the level of something that we understand conceptually, something that happened in the past, something that's truer than what our eyes are able to see, but it's a symbol. And this is one layer of connecting to the depth within reality, which we call symbols. Alpi Kabbalah, from the perspective of the mystical tradition of Yiddishkeit, particularly channeled through the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov and his disciples down through Rabbi Nachman and his disciples, there was a very, very different approach to the potential depth that is to be experienced within reality. And the difference was that things are not only symbolic of deeper realities, but things that we encounter and experience within this layer of reality are actually the manifested code of those very spiritual energies that exist on deeper strata 
of experience and deeper layers of what is possible to connect to within this reality. So to give an example, from the standpoint of the human body, on one level, you can look at the human hand and on a very simple level, we can say that the right hand is a symbol of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's might. Because generally speaking, for most people, the right hand is the hand that we use to be active with, to write, and to, and to, and to, and to throw a ball or whatever else we might, might be doing. Whatever activity requires us to use our hands, for most people, the right hand is symbolic of power. And so if we want to make uh, a reference to a more spiritual or a more meta or philosophical concept, we would say that psukim that refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's uh, might are going to make use of the concept of Yemincha Hashem, your right hand, Ne'adari Bakoyach, represents and symbolizes strength. Meaning to say there's two different realities. There's our reality and there's the reality vis-a-vis the spiritual realm. The reality vis-a-vis the Creator. And these two things, again, this is this mahalach, are fundamentally separate. But if we want to have a little bit of a glimpse into that other realm, we can point to completely disconnected elements within our physical space and say that for one reason or another reason, this or that element is symbolic of that, of that concept. But from the perspective of Kabbalah, really founded on a Pasuk in Eov, which says, Mi besari from my flesh, elokai. I can see my Creator from my flesh, from the physical, and not just alluding to the human's own body, but from all of physicality, elokai. deeper than simply having allusions or symbols to a spiritual reality. I can see the divine, so on that level, it's much deeper. It's not that the right hand happens to be an element of power, and so we would use that as a symbol for God's power. No, 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 no. It's much deeper. If the right hand in the human body has any power in this element we call Selim Elohim, it's because it is a manifestation within this realm of that very power we refer to as HaKadosh Baruch Hu's midah of overpowering chesed, energy, expression, extension, expansivity. You hear the difference? On one hand, there's a symbol. And on the other hand, we look at these elements and we say, this is the very thing itself. Not simply symbolic of a completely different idea that happens to be connected in one way or another. This is it. This is the thing. This is the thing. And this is true across the gamut of Kabbalistic speculation or study of the way in which different elements of the physical world all fit into the 10 basic Elements of the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself throughout creation, which we call either the Ten Spheros or the Ten Midos of Hashem, among which are divided the colors, for example, and 
the different days of the week, and the four levels of existence. We speak about a lot in the Shirim, um, rocks um, uh, and, and other inanimate objects, plant life, animals and humans, these four elements, or um, um, fire, air, earth, and water, different physical elements which we look toward, not as symbols of a sublime reality, but as emanations of that very sublime reality, ultimately rooted in the singular light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that when refracted through all of these different prismic um, um, tools, becomes reality around us, filtered down through what's referred to as the Seder Ashtalshalas, or the chain of emanation. And just off the bat, before we get into the actual piece, you and I, I think at this point, if I'm coming across clearly enough, can understand that these two different ways of approaching spiritual depth have completely contrasting implications for the way that we experience this world. Because in the first element, it's it's very beautiful that this world has so much symbolism and there's so much symbolic depth in everything that there is and we we can find ways that every element of creation is alluding to deeper spiritual realities. I mean, it's a gewalt. It's it's beautiful and it's wondrous and it's incredible to be able to live on that level is amazing, is already amazing. And that would already be a very, very big accomplishment if we as Orthodox religious Jews who are supposed to be the, uh, the, the, the heirs of the most spiritual of all traditions were able to at least, so to speak, live on that level where we were always looking for the depth in everything and so on and so forth. But in the second mode, it's not simply that we live within a realm of potential symbolic meaning, but that we are quite literally swimming in the divine. We are quite literally experiencing a direct revelation of godliness within every single moment in time, within every single place in space, within every single circumstance, that is the sum total of a great many different elements within time and space that come together to produce a particular moment in our stories that are unfolding all the time. It's, it's, it's all Hashem. And now we're coming closer to understanding what the Hasidim meant when they said Ein Od Milvado doesn't simply mean that there is no God other than Hashem, but that Ein Od Milvado. There is quite literally nothing other than an experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in each and every moment of life. Why am I beginning with this very lengthy introduction? Because the comment that I made in the beginning about weddings and about the way in which this sicha, which is all about weddings, is really not simply about weddings, but is really about the essence of Yiddishkeit, which is itself the foundation of weddings, is the primary example of this whole concept. It isn't that there is a concept of kudshabrichu, as we're going to see the transcendent element of God, the creator as creator, and then there is the indwelling presence of God, which we call the Shekhinah, the more feminine element, 
the more hidden, concealed, latent godliness that exists within each and every particle of physicality. There are these two elements and we have to try to bring them together. Oh, and also there's this thing called a man and there's this thing called a woman who, if it's matim, will become bride and groom and that they ultimately get together under a chuppah canopy and have a unification in which sense we can say that, oh, this is a symbol for a much deeper spiritual concept. No, 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 no. The only reason that there's a thing called a male and the only reason there's a thing called a female and the only reason that a Kaddish Baruch who created the world in such a way where this male and this female have such a deep longing for companionship that is ultimately solidified in the bond of Erisin, Kedushin, Nisuin, so that ultimately new life can be channeled down into the world is because, not that they're symbols of, but is because they are the emanative extension of this thing called Kuchabrihu, the transcendent element of the Creator, and this thing called the Shechina, which is the indwelling presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These are not two separate things. They are one and the same. They are one and the same. So when we approach it in this way, a wedding is not just a really beautiful uh, moment within the human experience that also may have some spiritual depth. It is quite literally the sum total of the most intimate and intense spiritual experience that is ever possible that we witness taking place under the chuppah. It is an expression of the essence of Yiddishkeit not simply a beautiful symbol for deep spiritual concepts. So I just wanted to begin with this very, very important introduction before we jump into the piece that I think will contextualize and make it a little bit easier for us to be able to go step by step and really dig deep into Rabbi Nachman's world of symbolism that may take us more than one cheer, but let's try to get through however much we can get through. All B'Siyat HaRashmai, again with the help of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so the tzaddik begins. The reason that at least it used to be a custom, and some of these are defunct as far as I'm aware, and maybe still in some places, in, in, in some sects within Yiddishkeit, they, they, they have uh, these minhagim, but I don't think necessarily that all of these minhagim have been preserved. But at one time there was a minhag where they would begin the wedding with milsa de b'dichusa, with words of, of jest, with, with jokes, before this process, before these jokes, they would say, Allah, Ayin Lamed Aleph, which of course is rooted in the word Aliyah, to go up, to ascend. And they would start the, the jokes with Allah, go up. What does this mean? Remez, says Rabbi Nachman, it is a hint and a symbol. There's a Gemara in Ksubis, two different places where the, without getting into the broader halachic implication, but the concept of the Gemara is that a woman can only have her status elevated along with her husband, but not degraded along with her husband. This is implications in one place in the Gemara about, fun, about the, the funeral and what he's required to provide for her because different strata of, um, of the society had different uh, expectations with regard to how the Leviah would look. And we paskin Isha, and this is the way that the Halacha paskins, Isha Oila Imoy, that if a woman is from a lower societal status and marries somebody of a higher societal status, she can only ever Oila Imoy, she can only ever go up with him. Ve'ena Yeredes Imoy. 
But if she marries someone of a lower uh, social status, her status does not get um, 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 taken away because she's now uh, joining together with somebody from a lower, a lower status. That's what the Gemara means. Rabbi Nachman says there's a deeper implication. If you're beginning the wedding with jokes and with humor and with joy, and there's a certain clarity, we've mentioned this in the past with regard to joking, there's a certain clarity that life is not meant to be taken so seriously, as seriously as we would need to take life if you and I were in charge of this thing called life. Then it's very heavy. But if there's a God in the world who's running things in a way that we're ultimately going to experience when we say, that at that moment where the greatest realization is that like we had no idea what was going on all along and we're going to have nothing else that we're able to do but laugh, so if we're beginning the wedding with this incredible deep joy, so then we must proceed that comedy with this word Allah. That what's about to take place is that we're in a way giving a bracha to the kala that she should join together with her chasen to be in a way of aliyah to a life of kal simcha joy and goodness and pleasure but that the purpose of this unification chas is never that the that the that the woman should be should be dragged down on the contrary that together they're beginning their journey of aliyah of climbing a mountain so that she can be an ezer kenegdai and so that together he and she can carry on their journey of spiritual development, bolstering each other, aiding each other in growth, in rising. When we go back to the context of understanding that the root of the male energy comes from the concept of the transcendent element of godliness, the creator, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that the Isha is the concept of the Shekhinah, the indwelling presence of Hashem, and again, not just the concept symbolically, but is the manifestation of that energy that we call Malchus or the Shechina or Kavod, as we're going to see. So then we understand that if there's any Gilui, if there's any revelation of godliness, what's the purpose of that? Is to draw out the Shechina, to awaken the longing that all of creation has for its creator. When a Kodesh Baruch reveals himself in a way of a nace, a way of a miracle, or hashkacha pratis in our lives, what does that awaken within our hearts where the shechina is embodied in the form of the neshama? We want to we draw ourselves close to that. And so that's what's taking place at a wedding where the chassan walks down the aisle and he's standing there waiting. There's a giloy of the light of kuchabrichu. Naturally, that's going to draw the kala out. And together, they're going to be oile with milsa dibdichusa. Together they're going to rise into the consciousness of jest, the consciousness of simcha that comes from the realization that we can let go and let God, uh, as the colloquial expression goes. So this is, Rabbi Nachman starts us off with, Allah b'milsa d'bdichusa isha oila imai ve'ena yeredas imai chas v'shalom that they should only rise in their spiritual growth and not not the opposite. Let's carry on. Ma'ashem echasen esakala v'dechtuch this, that they do, what's called even today, a badekin tsaif, where they cover the bride's, the kala's face with the veil, which might have its root 
biblically, certainly has its root biblically in Yitzchak and Rivka, but says Rabbi Nachman on a deeper level, like we said earlier, the Kala doesn't just symbolize, but the Kala is the manifestation of the spirit of, of what's called Rachel or the Shechina. The Shechina, which is again the possibility of creations experiencing the divinity within themselves and within all of existence. What we call Emuna, real Emuna, experiential faith. What it means to live with Emuna. So this is called Rachel. And the Shechina is referred to in the Zara Kodesh, this is very, very deep, as Ulemta Shapirta Dalesle Einen, as a beautiful maiden, Dalesle Einen, that has no eyes. And of course, over here, it, it means in a very deep metaphysical way, not a physical concept, it's alluding to the concept that when a person is really connected and activated on the level of Shechina, they're able to live in a state where the eyes are irrelevant. This is the concept of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, where we cover our eyes, where we understand that it's irrelevant what my eyes see, goes back to the beginning of what we spoke about the first Nakuda just one point ago, when we spoke about Milsa de Bdichusa, Pinu, Emuna, Aliyah. When a person embodies that faith, where I don't need to see everything all the time, I don't need to be able to point a finger at it, but a person submits with bittel. A person admits to not always having the answers all the time and not needing to. But a person is to cast his burden onto God, as the Pasuk says, and he will sustain you, or as some tzaddikim interpret, it itself, the very act of casting, will sustain you. Being a person who's able to cast a burden. And like Rabbi Nachman says, why does it say cast? Why doesn't it say place? Because it means that even when God seems incredibly distant, cast it a, far, a great distance if you need to, to be able to move into that space of that I can walk with my eyes closed in the pitch black darkness. I don't fear evil because you're with me. You're guiding me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you are my light. Ki ata ta'ir neiri. You illuminate for me the candle of life. Hashem as David says until him, you banish the darkness. So this is all hinted to in the veil that we place upon the bride was the concept of the Shekhinah, that if the Shekhinah is to be activated within our lives and to be able to live in this way of Emunah, it has to be, the eyes have to be covered. She's embodying now the quintessence of Emunah, which is the highest state of the Shechina as revealed within our Neshamas is to live with the capacity to have our eyes closed for a good portion of the time and to follow the hints that are constantly scattered along the path of life by, by Kuchabrichu, by the, by, the, by the Master of Heaven and Earth. Gam Remez, it's also a hint to the Bechina, al-Bechina, the Pasuk of Kim Haster Davar. The glory of God is haster davar, is to conceal the matter. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu acts in hidden ways. Elohim is many times a reference to the Shechina, because the Shechina is connected to the spiritual concept of Malchus, and the Pasuk says, Elohim Malki Mikedem. Malchus and Elohim are bound together, even though Elohim could also be a reference to Bina, without getting to the whole thing now. Elohim and Malchus. And so, Kvod Elohim is Haster Davar. And that also goes connected to Alemta Shapir to the Lesleinin. We're not always going to see things all the time, but it's up to us through the Sod of Amuna to reveal the, the capacity or potential for Hashem to be experienced dafka when we don't see. The Emunascha, when do we have Emuna? Dafka Baleilois. What does it mean, Baleilois? When we can't see anything. Ulemta Shapir to the Lesleinin. This beautiful maiden whose eyes are covered. That is the revelation of the Shekhinah when Haster Davar. So this is a good thing for the Hasanim among us to be able to, to have in mind, and the Kalas, um, when they experience this covering over, have in mind the real deep spiritual revelation that's taking place in you and in her. Not just again symbolic. We are Giluyim of these great lights. We are Giluyim. Like Rav Nassim says in the context of the sixth lesson in the Kutumran Torah Vav, without getting into the broad presentation of that whole sugya now, but he says at the very end, he says, don't think that Kabbalistic unifications only take place on the level of the Kabbalah, you know, and, and all these Tzirufi Shemos and having in mind this shame and that shame. Says Rav Nassim, he says, we activate these Yehudim just by doing the things that they really allude to in the human experience, because this is where it's at. This is where it's at. Mi besari And so by the chasen going and covering over the face of the bride, we're awakening this deep concept, this deep sod of emuna. Okay, we move on. This, that, I think even today, lahavdal, I think, in the, in the non-Jewish world as well, or at least in some cultures, um, we, they, they, they throw like wheat or kernels, barley, or they, 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 they throw oifin, different kinds of grain. Lirmais, and over here, it's, some words are missing, chaser. But he continues, why they specifically throw oifin, they throw these grains of wheat at the chasen. Lirmais is a reference to the Pasuk in Yecheskel that says, the Pasuk says, I don't think it's the exact wording of the Pasuk, but it's close, it's similar enough, that where the Ruach traveled, that's where the Oifanim traveled. Where the Ruach traveled, that's where the Oifanim traveled. Now let's take a step back for a minute. This is very deep. It's very, very deep. We've been speaking this whole time that the Kala is a reference to the Shechina, which is the indwelling presence of Hashem. We've been speaking this whole time that the Shechina is connected to Malchus. That is the concept and the Indian of this physical created world, our experience of limitation in this realm, right? And the Zara Kadosh and again, this is something we've spoken about in previous shirim, connects all these concepts to speech, to dibur. On a very basic level, we can now have a deeper understanding, I and mean, we would haven't really gotten to the deeper understanding yet, but on some level, we can understand that this is what it means, that God created the world with speech, right? Because the physical world 
and the potential to find godliness in it is going to be God's creation of the physical world. And that all happened through speech. In the words of the Zohar Kaddish, Malchus Peh. This element of Malchus, God's kingdom, which is impossible without the experience of created beings, as the Ramchal tells us many times in the Arizal, ain melech below am, right? In order to be a king, in order to reveal his kingship, Hashem had to create you and me, had to, so to speak, create in accordance with his will, created human beings. So in this realm of Malchus, peh, that comes about in the realm that was created through the divine speech through the Asara Ma'amaro Shebehem Nivru Shema'i which, as the Zohar tells us, is really founded on the Asaras Hadibros that, re- that, that, that represent the spiritual code that sits at the core of creation. Estakoba Oraisa Hashem looked at the Torah Ubara Alman created the world. Malchus Peh. Now, if you think about it very deeply, and this is such a deep concept, I hope that I have the privilege of, of giving it over clearly to all of you sweet, precious Jews. What a privilege. If you think about speech, there are really two components to speech. The component of the actual clay hadibwar of the mouth, which is divided in Panimiya Satora to five different areas of the mouth, and the whole aleph bays are split up into five different categories of sounds that are produced through five different areas of the mouth, the lips and the tongue and the palate and the teeth and the and the throat, I think that's five, all the different areas of the mouth, that's only stage two. Because stage one, in order to have anything for the clay hadibor, for those five elements which are wrapped up into the last hay of Yudke Vavke, of course, Gematria five, without getting to that now, but in order for those capacities to have anything to quantify or to qualify, there needs to be a call, there needs to be a voice. And when we produce the voice, that sends the voice up through the vocal cords, produced by the vocal cords, and that sends the voice through the, through the mouth, and then we utilize our clay hadib or all the different parts of the mouth to be able to divide that otherwise unified voice into all the different sounds that become communicable language so that we can communicate our thoughts and feelings with others. That's the concept of speech. But now we're saying something very deep. Because if the whole creation of the world was founded on speech, and we said that the speech with which Hashem created the world produced the world of limitation around us, and that's what we call Malchus Peh, Hashem created the world with Asara Ma'amaros, with ten sayings that are founded on the Aseris Hadibros. It all has, has to do with speech. And that the world around us, as the Balatanya explains in the first and second prakim, to Sharayichar based on the teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, which is founded on the Pasuk and Tehillim, that says, Hashem, your Dibor, your speech eternally echoes within heaven, within the heavens of the Baal, and the Baal Shem Tov and the Balatanya speak very, speaks very deeply about this, that it's not simply, again, that Hashem, your words are, are somehow um, echoing still within creation, those words that you spoke back then, it's much deeper. Hashem, when I look up at the heavens, what I see, when I see the Shemayim, and I see the blue sky or the, or the cloudy sky, depending on where you live, and I see the, 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 the sun, I see everything that's there, I see Yehi Rakia. That's what I see. 
That is your words. So the creation is literally the frozen echo and beyond the echo, it is the frozen communication of Hashem attempting to reach us, attempting to reveal Himself. And this very deeply goes back to what I said at the very beginning of this year, that it is literally a revelation of God, not just symbolic of a deeper spiritual reality. It is, it is the revelation of divinity. So based on what we said about human speech, which is, of course, again, the same thing, a manifestation of all these concepts, it's only one of two steps. Because Dibor didn't happen from nowhere. The Dibor that we see when we look around the world and see Asara Ma'amaros, we see 10 sayings, is only the product of what? Of call. Of voice. And that means to say that the realm of limitation and the realm of specification, the realm of multiplicity, of diversity, that's that's merumaz, that's hinted to in the distinction between Aleph and Bays and Bays and Gimel and Gimel and Dalit and all these different letters that when brought together form a multiplicity of different kinds of words that mean a whole different a bunch of different things is all ultimately rooted in a realm that's transcendent, that's beyond, that's the spiritual all-inclusive realm of unity that we refer to as Kul voice but if you really think about it even more deeply that level of call is not really essentially voice oriented per se fundamentally beyond what voice actually is beyond its form what its content is is breath is ruach we breathe in And then we breathe out in such a way where we utilize our breath to activate the vocal cords and then call voice is produced. Then it comes through the mouth and it becomes all these different letters and all these different elements. And so the deepest, deepest, deepest thing that sits at the core of the whole process of speech that ultimately manifests within the created limited world, which is the presence of the Shekhinah, sort of the indwelling presence of God within our experience of reality, if we referred to the transcendent element of that, we would call that Ruach. We would call that Ruach. Now, without getting to the whole thing now, the level of the bride, the level of the Shekhinah, the, the level of the created realm is wrapped up into the concept of David HaMelech. Malchus. David HaMelech. What was David HaMelech's whole thing? Was Dibur, singing, speaking, teaching, composing, writing. The Anit Fila. His whole thing was Dibur, 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 speaking. Who is, and I don't want to say symbolic, who was the manifestation of this energy of the transcendent, of the Chassin? Was Yaakov Avinu. What does it say about Yaakov Avinu? Hakol Kol Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu is the element of the call, of the voice. That's why Yaakov Avinu is connected to the concept of the Torah. Titen emes li Yaakov. Yaakov ishtam. Yoishev halim. Yaakov Avinu is connected to the, to the Torah, which is the level of Torah Shebek comes from Shemayim. That transcendent spiritual energy that's just above and beyond. Hakol kol Yaakov, the element of Ruach. And then ultimately, 
it channels down into Torah Shabbal Peh, into the Dibur of it, into the Shechina of it, which is all connected to the concept of David HaMelech. And say so how beautiful it is that David HaMelech sings that at midnight, the Pasuk says, I get up, David HaMelech saying, at midnight to sing your praise. And the Gemara in the beginning of Baruchas tells us, how did David, how did, how did David HaMelech know when midnight was? Moshe Ramidu didn't even seem to know when midnight was. He said, but David HaMelech knew when midnight was. Says the Gemara, well, he had a harp that was hanging behind his bed. Kinar, a five-stringed harp which Rabbi Nachman says is connected to the Chamishay Chumshay Torah, or the five books, as the Medrash tells us, of Tehillim. And at midnight, the Ruach, Ruach, of a, a wind came in and played upon the harp. And this, the Sfarim explained, is a yichud of Kutshabrichu, of the transcendent element of, of godliness, which is Ruach Kol, and David HaMelech's clay yad, David HaMelech's instrument in this physical world it's the mixture of the voice and the dibor it's a mixture of the unified godly divine energy from which everything extends and the created world of multiplicity that's all captured in this experience of human speech which is a manifestation of all of these deep concepts and so over here you see that Rabbi Nachman is saying why do we throw the the oifin why do we throw the grain dafka the chasin because the pasuk says over here where there is Ruach, which we now understand to be embodied by the male, by the element of the transcendent, by Kutshabrichu, by Yaakov Avinu, as opposed to the feminine element of David HaMelech. Yelchu Ha'ifanim. Now, Ifanim over here means angels. But Rabbi Nachman says it could also hint to Oifin, which is a way of saying Chitin, grains. And so wherever the Ruach is walking, over there you're throwing the grains to represent this deep concept that what's happening at the wedding is so much beyond um, you know, just this, this milestone within this uh, Hassan's life and with this Kala's life and the implications for the, for, the, for, the, you know, for the family and the simcha for the community and so on and so forth. It's much deeper, much, much, much deeper. So this is helping again anchor us into the realization of what's actually taking place. The chasen is the ruach. The kala is the dibur. And the chasen is the concept of ruach. Let's move on. Apparently there was a minag where they would give money to the, to the dancers. And that money was called Shabbos money. Interesting minag. I again, I don't think it's still extant today. Where does this come from? Al Shem the Pasakatilim tells us that the angels were were dancing, were jumping and, and dancing. And the Pasa continues, Unavas Bayis, which means the, the glory of the house, a reference to the wife, Techalik Shalal, gives out. The, the shalal, the, the spoils, the, 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 the plenty. Techalik shal, she divides all of the gains. So Rabbi Nachman says, what does this mean? Is a reference to the dancers. Is a reference to giving out money. And so they would give out money for the dancers. 
And the Rosh Tevas of Bayis, Techalek Shalal, is Rosh Tevas Shabbos. He says, this is the source for why we call this money that they would give to the dancer Shabbos. But what's deeper? So the Rebbe explains, Ha-chasano Sinai. Chasano, wedding, is an aspect of Har Sinai, which is the ultimate universal wedding between the Creator and the nation that embodies His presence here in the in the, in the created world for the purpose of teaching all the nations about the indwelling presence of godliness. But that's Am Yisrael that represent the bride, that represent the Shekhinah. Kamay Shekhasav, as the Gemara in Tainus tells us, B'yayim Chasunasai, the Pasuk referring to Shleim HaMalach on the day of his wedding, but the Gemara in Tainus, Darshan Zemaymet Har Sinai, it's a reference to Har Sinai, Shvuas, Har Sinai. And we know that Sinai is Gematria Sulam. The word Sinai has the same numerical value as the word sulam, which means a ladder. It means going up and down. Because of an apostate tells us, therefore, that by Yaakov Avinu, Dafka Yaakov Avinu, the concept of the bride, so to speak, the concept of Ruach, Hakol Kol Yaakov, the concept of Yaakov Avinu sees a, a sulam, Gamatria Sinai, like a wedding. Matan Torah is a Maimad Har Sinai. Yaakov Avinu has a ladder. And Oilim Vyardim, the Malachim are going up and down. Hain Rikudim. You know what these angels were doing? Says Rabbi Nachman, these angels were dancing at the wedding called Sinai. That's what it means that the Malachi Elikim were Oilim Vyardim on Yaakov Avinu's Sulam, which is Gematria Sinai. They were dancing. They were dancing at the great wedding that's represented by Yaakov Avinu who embodies the Chassan and Rachel, Leah, different concepts of the bride. Because that's what we do when we dance. We go up we, and we go down and we jump and we, and we come back down. This is the way we dance. We move. We, we go up and down. So again, the reason that we refer to this money as Shabbos money is Rashi Tevis, Unavas Bayis Techalik Shalal, because the, the, the Rashi Tevis of Bayis Techalik Shalal spells the letters Shabbos. Very deep. Very, very deep. So this is why Shabbos money is given to the dancers who are referenced by Malchit Svaos Yedoidun Yedoidun. The angels were dancing, a reference to Maimad Har Sinai, and money was given out. And those dancing angels are the same dancing angels of Yaakov Avinu's Sulam, which is Gematria Sinai, going up and down, celebrating the great marriage between Kuchabrichu, between Hashem, and Am Yisrael, the concept of the Shechina, which is experienced in microcosm at every single Jewish wedding between the Chassan and the Kala. Moving on, Masha Chassan Doirish. Even today, we still have some of the Minhagim by Sfardim. That the chassan gives a, and some chassidim, the chassan gives a drasha. So he says, why is the chassan giving a drasha? Same thing. Because really every Jewish wedding is a microcosmic experience of Matan Torah. But go deeper. Because Matan Torah was only a microcosmic or, or a macrocosmic universal experience of again what sits at the core of all of creation which is the Ruach of Hashem that, that, that produces Kol as manifest within the created world. So it's the most universal thing there is. So it isn't just that a wedding is just like Harsinai. No, no, no. Harsinai is just like everything. 
right? So the, so the wedding is just like everything. It's just about the deepest experience of the truth of reality, that whatever multiplicity we see around us is actual, which is the concept of Dibor, different letters that produce different words that refer to different concepts and ideas, are all rooted back in one unified source. That's what it is. That's what Harsinai was, and that's what the wedding is. So it's a remez it's to Maimed Harsinai. So what happened on Mahamad Arsinai? We got the Torah. Says, says Rabbi Nachman, good. So at every wedding, there needs to be Torah. So the chas and the transcendent element, so to speak, needs to darshan. That's a, that's a concept of giving the Torah. He needs to give a Torah. He needs to say a Dvar Torah. One of the reasons that we give money, again, it used to be this minhag, Money for the chasen's drasa, this is called drasha geshang, which means a, a, a gift for the wedding. I'm, I'm sorry, a gift for the drasha, for the, for the discourse. Is lirma is to hint about the pasuk also until Malisa Lamaraim, you went up Moshe Rabbeinu unto high in the heavens, Shavisa Shevi, and you, you captured a, 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 a captive, Shavisa Shevi. Should be a schus for all the captives. They should be able to come home to their to their husbands and their and their wives and their children and sons and daughters. Ali Salamare Moishrabin went up to Shemaim Shavisa Shevi and you captured a a, a a captive, which is the Torah Bishvilze, and the pasuk continues Lakachta Matanos La Adam Ba Adam, and you and you took presents from people. Says Rabbi Nachman, these two things are together. The taking of the Torah and the giving of gifts. So, we give gifts to the chasin, who in telling divrei Torah at the wedding is a concept of the giving of the Torah that took place at our Sinai, which, which again is, is manifested within the universal, within the particular experience of each and every chasin and kala at their own weddings. Why it is, or, or says Rabbi Nachman, you should know that what the chasin does when he gives his drasha, this brings about other unifications on many, many, many levels of existence. Both it helps his own zivug, just on a pragmatic level. I think every kala would, would appreciate if our chasen is able to get up and say, and say, Torah. it helps the, the shalom bias, it helps the connection, the zivug, but it also helps in many, many different realms. Kamayshikasav, as the Pasuk says, Vayishkav bamakomahu, that a reference to Yaakov Avinu, again, the ultimate chasen, very deep way, before he sees the Sulam Sinai, and before the Malach Elikim Oilem Yardim Boy, Malchet Sevakos Yedodun Yedodun, before the dancing of the great wedding, of the unification of that element of Creator with a conscious creation, Shechina. Yaakov Avinu lays down, Vayishkav Bamakomahu, and he sleeps in that place, Sechazal, Yeshchaf Bez Osios. Vayishkav, which means he slept in that place, can be seen as two words. Vayesh chaf beis. Not just Vayishkav and he laid down, but rather there are 22. A reference to the 22 letters of the Aleph beis. Hadrasha shi b'chaf beis oisios heim zivuk. And so when the chasen gives his drasha using the letters of the Aleph beis, this makes all kinds of zivugim, of deep spiritual unifications between all of these different letters that is happening within the context of yichud, which is what a wedding is all about. Rabbi Nachman continues, and this is relevant to this week's parsha, hapristakis, this is a Yiddish word, which refers to 
like silly kinds of, of dancing. Probably that 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 was experienced by by dipping down very low and then and then and then and then coming back up in the dancing. This is the deep concept of the pasuk. Hashem tells Yaakov Avinu, "I'm going to go down with you into Mitzrayim." Because there are always challenges in relationships. That's why relationships are the greatest arena for spiritual growth. Because there's a Mitzrayim in relationships, just like there's Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Toivah, Rechava in relationships. There are experiences of constriction and experiences of expansivity because that's the human experience, which is so beautiful. Because it provides us the capacity to really grow. It's an Ezer because sometimes it's Kenegda. Sometimes it's Kenegda. So, Anoichi Ered Imcha Mitzrayimah. That's part of the dance. That's part of the dance. You dip down in the dance. There's a concept of the way in which sometimes Am Yisrael, the Shechina goes down into Mitzrayim. And there's a nituk, there's a disconnect between the Shechina and Kuchabrihu. And Am Yisrael are in a state of constriction where they are referred to by the Pasuk that tells us they cannot handle the work because of Koitzer Ruach. Which means that Kutshabrichu, which is the Bechina of Yaakov Avinu, the Ruach, the transcendent element of the voice, is disconnected from Am Yisrael in an experience of constriction, Mitzrayim, where they see each letter in and of itself without seeing what binds them together, without feeling Hashem's presence in the world. Koitzer Ruach, Mitzrayim. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises, but don't worry, V'anoichi A'alcha. I will bring you back up. And the Bredich of Arav, Schusay Yagnolenim, Kedusha Slevi teaches that these words, Anoichi, are a reference to Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, the first of the Ten Commandments, the Aseris Hadibros. Hashem was saying, Don't worry, Anoichi Eridim Chamed Sraima. Deep, 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 deep way, the Torah is going down with you into Mitzrayim. I'm with you there too. And the Torah is ultimately the purpose for which I will bring you out and take you across that journey of the desert and through Kriyas Yamsov and the, and the Yamsov and the desert up until Sinai so that you and I can dance together, so that you and I can celebrate together in, in the deepest Yichud intimacy. Ki galas Mitzrayim, because galas Mitzrayim, Abishvilavar Nitzaitzik Karish al Adamarishan, that Arizal explains was in some way a deep tikkun for some kind of Avera that was done in this area of Zivug by, by Adamarishan. Immorality, disconnect, selfishness. Vahachasana, and a chasana is mamish u tikkun abris, is the ultimate tikkun of that relationship. It is the tikkun, it's the aliyah after the irida to Mitzrayim that was bound to other Marishon's lack of utilizing the relationship in a productive way. So this is all, again, this is how Rabbi Nachman understood the simple human modes of celebration. What you and I see is a, just a cute dance that somebody's doing, and look at this guy, he's really getting into it, and he's going down, he's coming up. Rabbi Nachman is seeing pff, the deepest, deepest, deepest spiritual concepts. And if you happen to be privileged to be a chassan, whoever's waiting for their zivik should have that experience. If you happen to be privileged enough to be a kala, whoever's waiting for their zivik should have the privilege of that experience. Keep this in mind, all of this in mind. Chazar this if you need to, because your wedding is mamish, a step toward the geula, is the yichud of kutshabricha and shchinte. 
And when you're dancing, you're going to want to have these concepts in mind because you'll be able to experience your wedding, not just you know as, as a, a wedding that may have some spiritual significance on some symbolic level. No. Your, your wedding is, is literally an immersive experience of the deepest Kabbalistic Yehudim that will ever take place in history. So you're going to want to have all of this in mind and, 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 and utilize your small particularist experience as a window into the, into the essence of being. Mamish, the essence of all there is. Let's finish. Good. If the drasha is the concept of Harsinai, because the Torah was given into the chasen, gives a speech. So why always by chasanim, by sheva brachas particularly, everybody's always interrupting him. The second he starts to speak, they don't let him get a word out. This is the concept of Moshe breaking the luchas. Again, alluding to the concept that the chasen is not just a chasen who happens to be giving divrei Torah. It is, a, is an aspect of kuchabrichu giving the Torah. So in order to fortify this, we block, we, we separate because there also has to be an aspect of shivrei luchas there too. And finally, the last two points. We see that the shoyshvin, the one who's going to be accompanying the chasen down the aisle, Dresses the chasen in a in a kittel. What's the what's the remez there? The remez is the Yosef Yashis Yade Ali Necha. The pasuk says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu promises Yaakov Avinu Yosef will lay his hand on your eyes. A reference to Yaakov Avinu passing away. So we don't have time to get into the spiritual root of this, but Yosef who shoshvin. Not getting into this now. Yosef Atzadik represents the one who accompanies, because. Yosef is the spiritual level in between Yaakov and David. Not getting into the, 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 that now. Just a remez, Rashi Prakim, for those who are familiar. Yosef, the sphere of Yesod, bridges Malchus and Tiferes, Shechina and Kutchebrichu. So to speak, Yosef, and that's why Yosef goes down to Mitzrayim before Yaakov gets there, he accompanies the Chassin, so to speak, toward the Kala. And so... The Pasuk refers to the Shoshvin as saying, Yosef will place his, eyes up, up, his hand upon your eyes. That's a reference to Yaakov Vinu and Yosef accompanying Yaakov. And the Kittel who begged Mason. The Kittel is a reference to death. And so the Shoshvin who is accompanying the Chassin, who is the concept of Yosef, is putting on the Beged Mesim, which is the concept of Yosef, Yashas Yadcha Alinecha, which of course alludes back to what we began with in the beginning, which is a very deep sod, about not having eyes, about the deep concept of Shema Yisrael, about being dead, so to speak, to our own understanding, being able to connect to a realm that's beyond our lived experience of corporeal reality in the physical realm. Ulemta Shapirta Dlesle Einen. So the Kala has that experience when the veil is placed over her head and the Chassan has that experience when the Beged Mesim is placed on him by the Shoshvin of Yosef. And finally, we conclude, and what a privilege, to get through all of this. I know I said a lot. If you need to chazer and review, definitely do. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot here. So much depth, but it's so essential. It's not just like different Ramazim to nice things. This is the essence of what it means to be a Jew. This is the fundamental premise of, 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 our, of our being in this world, is to make this yichud, is to draw a direct line between creation to the Creator, 
So he finishes Mashama Hapchenis Atzman, why people do somersaults or tumble sauces, depending on which culture you're from. And in weddings, Zebachinas, this is the deep concept of Umoisha Allah. Moish Rabbeinu went up to Shemayim. So something from the, from, the, from the lower realm went up to the higher realm. And Vayered Hashem al Harsinai, something from the higher realm came down to the lower realm. That's the concept of a tumble sauce or a somersault. Right? Where the feet go up and the, and the head comes down and the feet are in the air and the head is, is lower and then it flips back. That's the concept of the feet, Moish Rabbeinu, going up to Shemayim and the head, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, coming down to the Tachtonim. Everything, everything in the whole wedding, wrapped up in the Marmar Chazal and the Gemara in Tainus, Yoim Chasu Nasa Zematan Torah, is a reference to the giving of the Torah, which itself is the deepest expression universally of the fundamental premise of why we have the Torah, which is to try to train our consciousness to be able to live with the deep realization that again, although it looks like we're living in the Olam Gashmi, which is so minutak, so removed from the spiritual realm, we can train ourselves to see Hashem wherever we look and wherever we walk. That's what's called halacha, halicha, to walk with Hashem, to be able to feel Hashem's presence, not in some abstract way, but in a really lived experiential way. And every food that we eat and every drink that we drink and every nap that we take and every person we hang out with and every circumstance that we experience at every age and stage throughout life, that's what it means to be a yid. Chabakuk looked at all of Yiddishkeit and he summed it up with just one little, one little saying, V'tzadik It's all about emuna, But not just any emuna, Mamish, to live with emuna, And so that's really what it comes down to. That's what the chasana is. That's what chasana and kala are. That's what harsinai is. That's what this whole great love affair between the Creator and His creations is all about. So that we should wake up to find Him. Not just symbolically, but to wake up and find Him in everything. Where there's this deep, deep yichud, where everything that seems to be tachtoin is elevated to the highest realms, and we understand that, oh, something that was so deeply abstract, no, it's here. <laughs> the elyoinim is yordelamata, and that is the ultimate, ultimate yichud, the tikkun, where the kala is lifted to the level of the chas, and the chasin comes to, to meet the kala, and there's a perfect yichud between them, kuchabrichu and shchinte, so that going back to the beginning, Be'ezus Hashem, they should all be able to be oile. Allah, which began with, into the great joke of Amuna, into the great joke of Azimali Schaik Pinu, that the whole thing, Akarish Baruch Hu is handling it. Hashem is running the show, and we just have no eyes, and we are Ulemta Shapir to the Leslie and that ultimately we should be able to live lives of Simcha, Toiv, and Tainug, that Ba'ezus Hashem, they should be Oyle, that's what we say, the, the Zivuk should be Oyle Yafez, all right? It should be Oyle, it should go up together. Allah, Remez, Sheisha, Oile Imai, Ve'eni, Yeredes Imai, Ve'ezus Hashem. That should be the case for all the Chasanim and the Kalas, and everybody should find their Zivug so that we can continue to play our role in the best possible way to bring about the great Zivug between the transcendent divinity of the Creator and the latent potential for creation to be perceived as being absolutely filled with that energy of the Divine. And uh, we can bring the world closer and closer to the Gula Shlema. Bekarbi Amenu. Amen. Amen. Be'ezrus Hashem. Yashukach. Thank you guys so much for, for being here, each and every one of you. And we should share only in Simchas together. Siyat Rishmaya.
Thank you so, so much, everybody, for joining. Ashrenu. Ashrenu.